0: Christmas Eve, babe In the drunk tank An old man said to me Won't see another one And then he sang a song
1: Dream dreamed about you. Christmas, Christmas Eve again In the drunk tank In New York City Anyway, most, of the, most Irish Christmas songs are about being drunk in New York. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, or Boston. Or Boston, that's true. But the ones I like are from New York. So yeah, it's about uh, having a really shitty, it's a pretty depressing song about being uh, an Irish person that's dis- dis- disaffected in New York City. Are there fun songs about being Irish? Yeah, there's good ones about taking down the English. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, so we could also put in one of those songs, but I guess we'll stay, we'll stay in the, the lane of the Pogues. Uh, mm. Because it is Christmas and we're in New York. So
0: we're having a wonderful Christmas time here in New York. Uh, Brian Pisano joining me Lenny Lenny. for Infinity License 25. Um, we're a quarter away to 100. Yeah. We're just, almost a quarter century in. Just, uh, another, and according to the horseshoe theory, that means that we're going to get better and then we're going to get worse. And then we're going to finish up the last like four episodes without microphones, just shouting into Brian's laptop the way that the
1: first few episodes of this series started. The, well, that's, that's also going to be when like the bombs are dropping, but like we're just yeah. going to figure out, we don't have time to set up the mic. Come on,
0: upload, upload, upload. <laughs> it's
1: like, come on. Everyone's got to listen to SoundCloud in the uh, post-apocalyptic hellscape we live in. <laughs> um...
0: If there's SoundCloud in our current landscape, what's going to happen if SoundCloud goes under? Do you know if our podcast will still be able to upload somewhere?
1: Uh, I don't know. All right. Well, everyone give their money to SoundCloud, with. or we'll have to figure out. We will probably have to do a little bit more work than we already do. That's yeah. what, I give SoundCloud a lot of credit. They have great product because they they essentially distribute the RSS feed for podcasts like really easily. It's just like it's it's podcasting for dummies.
0: Uh, speaking of uh, super friendly technology, um, Brian. Uh, So we're recording this uh, a couple days before I'm leaving back to Chicago to go do. uh, I'm doing Jewish Christmas this year. Oh, really? Yep. You gotta go to a Chinese food restaurant. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Family has uh, no particular plans for Christmas. Actually, we have split plans for Christmas Day, so I'm going to yeah hang out with a friend of mine who's a member of the tribe, and it's first time doing that, and I'm very
1: excited. Oh, nice. Well, Christmas Day this year, Lenny, I will be. I'll be if all goes according to plan. I will be flying to the Far East, I will be going to the Middle Kingdom, the, the PRC, People's <laughs> Republic of China. Brian saw um, The Great Wall. I
0: did. M- recent <laughs> movie by Matt
1: Damon and decided yeah. I have to go. I was like, I must, this great film about a true Chinese warrior, I must go see him in his homeland. <laughs> I am going to go see The Great Wall. Of course you I'm are. A, the, yeah. You're going to be there... With a hundred million
0: thousand other people, uh, I'm just gonna try to ruin your vacation preemptively. I've be been by- told.
1: Here's the thing: I've heard really mixed things about everyone who's gone to see the Great Wall. Half the people say it's super crowded; it's like un like it's undoable. But you have to go do it anyway because it's just the thing to do. And the other half of the people say it's awesome; it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It wasn't that crowded. I mean, it's also a huge wall, so like it depends on if you have the right people or you know the right people, which I think I do. What they take you to the part of the wall that's like not where the just the giant tour buses are just like, OK, let's just cram everyone in here. Yeah. Let's, let's cram all the non-Chinese. I wonder if uh,
0: Trump saw the big wall on the big Jesus. Yeah. I called it. That. That's, that's what a big he wall. would call it.
1: <laughs> the big wall. Let me see the big wall. The, well, it's funny because it's like, well, they stole great from them. So they can't. You know, he's like, well, they have a great wall already. We can't call ours a great <laughs> right. wall. See, they already stole it, folks. They stole They're my idea. They're stealing all of our IP. Yeah. <laughs> the middle, middle-aged China stole my idea. That's how I, My idea is transcend time. I said we're going to build a great wall. We're going to make America a great wall again. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone having thought of an idea first is no impediment to Trump thinking that he invented it. Yeah, But uh, yeah, so talk about your China
1: trip. Like, What are you going to do? Are you going to be excited to go? Yeah, we're staying uh, with friends who live in China. Um, I'm excited to go. I am excited to go for a couple things. I'm excited to... Have real Chinese food. I love American Chinese food, but I know it's not real. I'll, I'll be was... eating American
0: Chinese food the same day you're eating Chinese Chinese food. Right,
1: exactly. And I love it. I love General So's chicken, or however you want to pronounce it. I say General So. Some people say General Tao. Some Tso, people say General So. Colonel So. Um, Colonel So is if Kentucky Fried Chicken ever runs a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> like Colonel So's chicken. <laughs> Colonel So's chicken. <laughs> yeah. um, you don't know K- where we're from. KTC. Um... So there's that, and you know I'm all about that. So I'm excited to do the food. Uh, like I'm really excited to try food. I'm excited to try like probably Chinese beer, uh, not, and not just like Xingdao, what we get here. I want to try like real Chinese beer. Um, and I want to, uh, yeah, we're going to take a cooking class. I'm just such a fat person inside. <laughs> like I'm just mostly focused on food. Uh, but yeah, the Great Wall. I'm excited to see. I'm great, excited to see the. Uh, forbidden City. I'm mostly excited to see... I'm I'm going to be on this trip on the lookout for... like The kind of constant fear in American life is that China is the next... Well, as we talk about on the show a lot, hege- hegemony. He- the, hegemony. The, the ne- so there are our next kind of rivals, which is a thing that I don't really believe. I mean, I, they, we're certainly going to be a comp- competing power, and they will certainly have to share global market share with China increasingly, as we have already done that. But China's economy also is... Integrated with our economy, like like our in a globalized national economy, it's. Just, I, I'm I'm curious to see if they're like if I see any evidence that they're pivoting to actually take over America's role as n- numero head honcho numero you No. Know.
0: Well, they. I mean, they. I don't know that there's any real debate that they are. Uh, I mean, their um, their whole model, as far as I understand, is uh, trying to keep a low profile until the perfect time. And I think that as over the last couple of years, there's been more sort of nationalist voices in China saying now is our time. Yeah. You know, like there's a doctrine, um, that has some sort of long name. That's like one
1: belt, one road or uh, no, no, that's
0: a, that is a project that is a very long project uh, with a short name. But, um, no, it's something about keeping your, keep your head low until the, there's an aphorism that is also the name of some orthodoxy. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Is it a Sun Tzu or
1: or probably? Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, but I, th- I think it's a much slower play, and it's a much smarter play. And ours, ours is uh, you know very aggressive, and we have we feel like we have um, this global order to to maintain. And China is just laying the groundwork. All they're doing is laying.
1: Like, well, they're also I think it's, it also has to do with they have that. Well, I'm interested to see this philosophy play out in person, or see if this is confirmed. Is that as this is a civilization, they take a longer view because they've been around for longer. They're like they're the Like you can trace, like you know, certainly. Uh, go, dating to uh, far back into the actual Middle Kingdom and stuff like that. You can trace p- parts of the Chinese bureaucracy to that today. Certainly like the the Communist Revolution and Mao's revolution and the modern, modern China changed the trajectory of a lot of that. But it's like so they still have kind of, it's uh, they still kind of have a lot of the remnants, as I understand it, um, and thought processes that hold over from a, a time that's not like ours were. I guess ours is also like our... Th- general nation state philosophy does date back to the 18th century. So I guess you could say that like, but uh, as no, mis- we, I think it totally makes a difference. I mean,
0: like you, if you as a culture have seen everything and you're in it built into your built into your sort of national blood myth is the idea that you've seen rises and falls many times you have, you can't help, but have a more mature outlook on yeah. it. And I think that, um, you know, the, the, in the United States, like we, put so much faith in having gotten it kind of perfect, right? Like, yeah. uh, especially the the sort of myth that the founders were prescient or that, you know, the people that believe in Moses also believe that the founders were kind of Moses too. But we also are very obviously hitting sort of a weird puberty as a culture, yeah. and um, I think that we're starting to have to kind of come to ter- – like, put it this way, in, in if you judge the maturity of a culture by its willingness – to embrace the idea of overhaul yeah you know um we are not ready for that i mean i i've i think that at some point in our lifetimes um we will start hearing more calls for like hey maybe we should like rethink the constitution you know well, not that i would i would not uh, i think there's a lot of benefits to the constitution like i wouldn't necessarily agree that that what's wrong what ails this country needs to be solved by changing our founding charter but but my point is Is that right now It's absolutely not possible I think that And China has no such illusions
1: Because they've seen So many things change Yeah Well that's the thing Is that they, they can date, They still can trace And they're also They can trace the roots Of their culture Back so many years Like almost a thousand years To so like what you would consider The oh it, uh, way, way way longer Longer than that, than that way But way I would say like what, the, the formation of modern yeah, China You can maybe like Modern uh,
0: Yeah but they They have uh, Not even archaeological stuff but they, I mean they have like Civilization there For five thousand years At least Yeah
1: So yeah so the and that civilization i mean certainly traces back to our different civilization which is also rooted in like western colonialism and and those like our civilization is like well we there were people here and we took them over and then apply to Western common law understanding of uh, what laws and what society, what governs society and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just interested to see that. I'm interested to see like where they're like if I see any like what the, if I see any evidence of that long play like you know, what, what myths of China are confirmed and what are, uh, are dispelled. You know what I really want you to find out? <clears throat>
0: um, this is a thing that I've been repeating for a long time so I gotta find out if it's true or not. I heard that the asian conception of lines like standing in in a queue yeah is inverse to ours which is that which which is to say that um in the western culture we look at how many people are in front of us and we go you know that's how we judge how we're doing in line and in asian cultures they look at how many people are behind them
1: well i think also you're confusing because it- I think that's Japanese and not Chinese, which are two different because in Japan, they believe in lines, and in China, they don't <laughs> like, like ch- China is just like China. And I mean, it's evident even in China, China, um, the China and India. So cultures that are like kind of these uh, or societies that are these massive uh, amounts of people um, th- as opposed to like. Uh, and have a lot of like weird resources and have a, a different resource wealth than a country like Japan, which or countries like Japan and England, like uh, island nations, you notice are actually big on like line culture. They're very focused on like what a line is and what the batting order is in a line and thinking about like where you're you stand in that because like they're they're the whole premise of those societies is built on like a civil like pure bureauc- o- o- obedience to civil bureaucratic order. We're supposed to in China. They're just like, if you go to anything that has a line in China and you even notice it with like in, if you go to Chinatown here in Brooklyn or in Flushing or whatever, they're like, it's just a free, like at the dumpling place that I go for lunch. Sometimes it's just, like I just gotta, you just gotta elbow people out of the way and be like and until the guy notices you and you're like here, give me ten dumplings. I would <laughs> assume the density would contribute to a respect for lines, though, like
0: that you'd understand Maybe. the utility of lines. Yeah, uh,
1: I don't know, but I'll report back. Yeah, will, okay. I, so I will, that's your, that's your. So, main so I'll thing report back if about. there's a, if there is more of an order to lines, or if the order to lines is different than what my experience has been, um, and uh, and also if there's an experience of like well. And I guess that would speak to our thesis about how they have a longer view where it's like, well, the longer view, the longer minded view person is that one that it's like, well, I've been on this line for this long, but look at how many people are behind me. So I've like, I've made the right investment of my time as opposed to, you know, like, when yeah. you're just like, when is it going to be my turn? I need the stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good question. And right. then
0: the other thing to find out is what. American new year looks like in China because they have, well, be, so year. at that point I'll be in the Philippines.
1: So, ah, I'm gonna, yeah. So, so I'll tell you what American new year is like in a former American colonies. Also, <laughs> yeah. when you're in the Philippines, see what it's like to kill someone. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, me and my boy, do going to be chilling. Duarte. 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 <laughs> um, okay. So next up, let's talk about, um,
0: uh, so have, have a good time in China. I will. Uh, yeah. I'm very excited about it. So, uh, the next thing we're going to talk about in the short episode is um, uh, I have a brilliant, brilliant strategy for for happiness I'm creation. I'm excited about brilliant strategies. Okay. It involves going to your phone, opening it up, going to the largest app that sits on your phone. I can do that. And deleting it. What is the largest app by far on your phone? By megabyte by megabyte yeah. size. Yeah. Is it Uber? No. Although Uber is like a really big app. It's Facebook. Oh really? Facebook is a gigantic app. And I originally deleted it. Well, I deleted it for two reasons. Uh one, it was that it was just nonstop sending me notifications. Yeah. And um I like I don't I just don't give a fuck what like I'm not gonna say his name, but like, you know, someone no, like he, came up and and like added it was that he posted again after a while. Yeah. It's so, like I he could have not post as far as I know, he didn't post since like 2007 when I talked to him last, you know, like this is not. And so I finally deleted it. And also I was just running out of space for other stuff, like music that I actually like on my phone. And so um, I did, And man, I I still have my, you know, account active. I can go log on. I'll like, go check my notifications. Sometimes all of them are like someone that you never talked to is thinking about going an event that they're never going to go to near you. And it's not near me tomorrow. And tomorrow was three days ago. And it's like, I am I just don't need any of this shit. Facebook is such a tr- pile of trash uh, with memes and stuff like that. Like, it's just like- Well,
1: Facebook is, yeah, it's become, not a step on you, but it's become this trash pile where it's like, th- it's the worst thing that you could have imagined. Like people when they're the internet utopians at first were like, this is the best way, like everyone's going to be connected and they're going to share ideas and all this like brilliant stuff. Where it's like, I see these like kind of weird memes around like, minions that are kind of like or because like, because now half my facebook is populated because all my mom's friends and my older family members have gotten aggressively into facebook and they have a complete their social media game is weird and sucks like it's like it's like it's both it's both they don't understand what what interesting content is but they but to i guess to me and they like they'll just be random like jpeg like kind of like Weird posts about like go army beat navy. I'm like D- you didn't even go. You didn't go to West Point. <laughs> like what? Like <laughs> why? Why are you interested in that? Or I'll show you. And after after this podcast, or maybe during the podcast, I will actually just delete Facebook from my phone too. Yes, do it Do, um, it, do it right now. Um, you you will never regret it. I will do it. I will do it after I show you. So I posted. I posted this to Instagram, but it automatically gives you the thing where you can share to Facebook and Twitter automatically, and. So I posted a picture of me and my dog, which I thought was great. It was a funny picture my family would enjoy. My friends would enjoy this funny picture of me and my dog. Then my aunt, my great aunt, posts this. Now, Lenny, I'm going to show you what the comment is. Okay. And I want you to describe it. Because when I started to describe this to Meg, it was one (laughs) of the funniest things that I've ever...
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm looking at... It's a... um... It's a picture, a depiction of uh, a like Arthur, the Arthur, the art of art colored man who's dressed in a yellow shirt that says ref. He's dressed like a soccer ref. He uh, he's got like Alfred E. Newman hair and he's go- he's really displeased. He's going, huh? It's a cartoon. Yeah, this is a hard why, thing to describe. Why
1: would you? So it's yeah. I have no this, idea. Is this weird? Cartoon-ish. It is a mocha colored cartoon soccer referee going, huh? Going question mark. What? None of this post has anything to do with soccer. None of it has. My, it's This is my great aunt, who is, I assure you, not a Latino soccer referee. Like, a, <laughs> and why? Like, why is she posting this? Like, what? What it was? What was the thought process? Like, <laughs> no what, idea. What was the? I'll I'll screen cap this before I delete Facebook, and that's and, the episode picture. And put, yeah, put this on there. But and so and now on that note, after now that I've screen capped that, go into my apps. Facebook, delete, delete. Hell yeah! Later. Don't need it. See you later. Trash. Check you once
0: a week, maybe. Zuckerberg, you trash. You trash. And yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I'm Brian. I'm very proud of you for having done that. I hope that all of you out there, if you're on your phones, you know, like just, just open it up, just double toggle it until it goes. That's the little things. Yeah. Just like they're around. scared. <laughs> yeah. They're scared. You're going to delete them. <laughs> and it's you're going to go to. Yeah. And the one who's not scared is Facebook. It's like, oh, I'm the backbone of your social. Nope. Let me know. What? Me? No. And they just click the X. It's done. It's bu- It's bad. It's bunk. It's bunk. Yeah. It, so the reason we're talking about, th- or like the news hook for this is that I, after I did it out of basically just out of disgust of keep I kept getting these notifications and also I wanted to pre up sp- space my phone. I noticed that, like, I just wasn't looking at my phone as much, and, like, I didn't have as many, like, I didn't have to check and, like, clear out notifications as often, and um, then there was this, been this spate recently of articles that I've come across, maybe it's a um, Bader-Meinhof thing, but uh, all of these ex-Facebook executives have been coming out and saying, like, oh, yeah, I don't let my kids use that shit, like... They're like I I invent. There's a a great Guardian article. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, uh, that in which like they interviewed just a bunch of people. Like Sean Parker is opposed to Facebook. He's like I had I don't think we had an idea what we were creating. You know no, yeah like. Um, there's a guy who invented the like button. Who's like, yeah, I actually turn off my Wi-Fi router every day. I have it on an automatic timer so my family can't get. Like, yeah. there's so much of the people that are the real cognoscenti about this are all leading this charge away from it. And
1: as someone who has like unwittingly joined them, it is for good reason. I agree, and it's and the thing that. Look in the, in that Guardian article they said it actually lowers your IQ this uh, this uh, it's making you dumber because it's like. fracturing your attention yeah so our attention is and my attention I even noticed it I kind of I've started now at work I'll put my phone in a place where I can't reach it from my hands cuz you're I'm already sitting in front of a computer but then if I just see this little thing light up you can't my dumb lizard brain can't not go and, and pick the thing up and look at it. So I'm like this is horrible for me. This is this is the yeah, like this is cigarettes for your brain. Like this is just kind of uh, a thing that's uh, short-circuiting our attention. It's also none of it's good. What do I use it for? I only ever feel bad after I've been on Facebook. I feel like horrible. I'm like, well, I don't even, and it's not even thing. It's I. It's the part of my personality where I realize that it's like like ego kind of judging other people kind of thing where I'm just like like that's stupid. Like I'm sure people looked at my Facebook post of my dog, and like mm-hmm. Brian's dog sucks. He he looks he looks tired. <laughs> uh, you know all this stuff where you like I don't get it. Like I'm gonna post a weird referee to his page, <laughs> 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 and uh, like even that too. Like the um. Yeah, so uh,
0: Brian pulled out a uh, quote from the article. Um, It basically... Well, here,
1: go ahead and read it. All right, well, so I guess this... So related to the ongoing thesis of this podcast about how uh, the internet is breaking our brains. So the guy, Williams, who is one who I believe created the like button, um, and he said... he, he said that he had herald like the that Donald Trump's campaign had heralded a watershed in which the new digitally supercharged dynamics of the attention economy have finally crossed the threshold and become manifest in the political realm which means which is all of which to say that this is not only distorting the way we view our politics but over time maybe changing the way we think making us less rational and more impulsive we've habituated ourselves into a perpetual cognitive style of outrage by internalizing the dynamics of the medium so the it, it translation the internet has literally broken our brains that like we are we have no ability to have like kind of reasoned rational cognitive thought in a space where it's designed chemically like electronically designed to activate chemicals in your brain to get you mad or get excited or uh, or get you just kind of uh your brain kind of automatically to a, a state of anger and frustration at the current order of things uh yeah and like I don't know. I,
0: I saw uh, like there was an interview with a guy who I, I think he's uh, Harris, Tristan, Tristan Harris or something. He's one of the he became basically like uh, Google's in-house like product philosopher. And I think he ended up like writing a book, uh, like some sort of manifesto about getting away from technology. And one of the things he says is like, if you just turn your phone grayscale, your brain reacts to it less. Like, your dopamine is less triggered oh, to react. It, it's, it's so... By the way, another... Uh, if you're interested in this topic, uh, there's a great Atlantic article from... I forget, like, probably a year ago. But it was about how casinos, the, the actual psychology of casinos, they... Um, in addition to doing completely unscrupulous things like sending out mailers to people that are actively enrolled in Within gambling gym, the rehab. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. people who just who they know have that and they also just got an inheritance or something like that. If we you have know, the time, we should
1: cut in. It's like, but you have a gambling problem. <laughs> 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 oh Marge, always on her high horse, but she has a gambling problem. <laughs> Florida.
0: <gasps> I'm not a state. I'm a monster.
1: No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. Uh, (laughs) uh,
0: Yeah, like they, but they, it, they, it's partly a problem because they they use they exploit all this stuff to you know the the flashing lights and like the the in unexpected payoff and stuff i mean all this stuff is basically originally used to get people to just throw their money away on jackpot yeah. uh, uh, slots and now it's being used to get you to check your phone right and uh yeah no it, and it's and it's all garbage and like it the internet uh is is so full of good information um that uh, i think that we're going to enter like, a new generation of, like, information dieting. Yes. Uh, And, like, going on an information diet feels amazing. It's like going, like, a a colon cleanse. You just don't have to end.
1: Well, so I think, well, that segues into our next topic, though, because if we're going on an information diet, but the internet is breaking our brains, I think we want to, as a thesis, in the new year, as a resolution to ourselves, Laney and I have decided to take a massively online course how does it was that massively it? open open online, online course. course so the idea so the what people originally heralded as the future of education and a way to teach yourselves and use the internet for good and educate ourselves uh i think we're going to take a course and i've actually opened some tabs and i think what we should do for this as an interactive it's the way first step to a lifelong journey is opening a tab exactly opening a tab um and uh, our information diet where we're going to go... So I think I'm going to read off a couple that interested me, but we, why don't we, Blenny, you do some research on some throughout the week, and then we could put up a poll on Twitter to see if anyone interacts with us and says what course we should take Okay, or should we down. Uh, So I was interested in game theory and political theory from MIT, OpenCourseWare. Can help when we get arrested and we are entered into a prisoner's dilemma. <laughs> and I will rat you out. <laughs> uh, become a journalist. Report the news specialization, which I thought would be funny if we just actually like learned how to... Journalists. Okay, <laughs> feel I, th- I feel like journalists are on the fast track to uh,
0: assassination, so probably going to skip that one.
1: Okay, good. Um, so we don't want to be thrown in the gulag, but that's from Michigan State University. Never heard of it. Um, uh, Buddhism and modern psychology. If we're getting, if we're turning into real like new agey kind of guys, I thought that would be cool, and it's also related to my trip to Asia, so I'm going to um, yeah, you're gonna end up
0: being like Robert Persig, author of Zone and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, who went to Asia when he was a. I think he was he served in Korea and then he became really interested in Eastern philosophy there, oh, and he ended up writing that book, uh, which was like one of the most pretentious fucking horrible things. I I've stopped ever read. reading that book after yeah, the first like, third of it. Yeah,
1: but. So, Ooh, so I saw this one, Kierkegaard, subjectivity, irony, and the crisis of modernity, and this is taught by John Stewart. And at first, I was thought, "Is like this is taught by John Stewart, and it's like, <laughs> it's not that John, it's a, John Stewart." Uh no. I actually
0: i i took an existentialism class one time, and Kierkegaard uh, is he that shit hits too too close to home. Like really? he's yeah, I mean, I don't want to take this one. Um, he uh, yeah, I read uh, uh, oh my god, what the hell is it called? Um, sickness unto death, and um. It is uh very rooted in like trying to uh, purify a model of Christianity. Um I mean it's 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 the root of all existentialism, but he really touches on a lot of things about like um when you feel um like w- when you feel malaise, like the whole the whole uh the whole concept of it is about despair and how we feel like we're in despair all the time. And if you want to be in despair I was gonna then- say
1: Maybe we shouldn't for our own mental health. Well, it's issues. like, <laughs> it's,
0: it's, I mean, if you are in despair, you can learn how to sort of live it, with it in no, a very yeah. like, like parallel way. Okay. But, uh, I don't know. I'm not in that much despair, so.
1: All right. Well, we could, we could take a chance with that. We'll put it up, put it up to a
0: vote. We'll put it up to the internet. Isn't but, there like a jazz saxophone one or something we could take that like at the end of it, we're going to
1: become jazz, Jasmine, uh, Jasmine. We'll we, we look it up. I don't have it up here in any of these tabs, but we could definitely look up. jazzy (laughs) jazzy courses a highlight course oh if we find an open highlight we'd probably have to go to a highlight court which i don't think there are still any ones open in new york city uh no not this one let's see what else there was another yale course about death that i thought was interesting but that's also a kind of depressing one what are they teaching you about death it was like the philosophy of like it's like it was it was about the philosophy of death or like humanity historical human understanding of what death is it was a Yale course.
0: Karen, did you get that uh, class in uh, Jackson Pollock and Modernist Painting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They finally approved my class. Hey, uh, Horace, did, uh, what was the one, the class that you pitched? I pitched a class about death. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Did it get picked up? Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I don't know if I want to take the, the death class, but uh, I also feel like I know everything I need to know about death, which is that I won't be here. Yeah.
1: So, um, that's, I think that's pretty much it. All right. So, yeah. so
0: here's, here's what's happening in 20, in 28, 2017 was a, a year of ups and downs for us, but it was a year of ups in Brian and I's podcasting careers because we started doing it yes. in the sweltering, sweltering summer. Forgot um, it, the summer of hell as Andrew Cuomo called it. Summer hell. And, uh, we started doing it in this apartment that had no air conditioning, uh, and we're still doing it. And now it's winter and, um. We're gonna take a three-week break, but as we as we leave you to your New Year's resolutions, uh, Brian, I think our New Year's resolution is to keep the uh, Infinity License uh, ship going strong.
1: I think so too. I resolve I resolved to do that if nothing else, to at least hit another twenty-five episodes, uh, and to I mean, we only started that goal halfway through the year, so we that's we, a good goal. Let's before.
0: let's commit to do at least fifty episodes.
1: I think we can do it. Yeah, hell yeah. We'd ha- we'd probably have to. Yeah, I think we can do it. Yeah, I think that's a good goal. Um, yeah, I look forward to learning more about podcasting I look forward to the evolution I resolve to have this podcast continue to evolve Thank you I resolve to go to Cafe Dushanbe All <laughs> uh,
0: our loyal Tajik supporters Keep fighting your lilac revolution
1: And if we get to episode 75 by next year and I think we should launch Patreon in the next year. And I think we should just have an open Patreon and just figure out how much a flight costs to Tajikistan. And if we get there, <laughs> that's the other goal. That we're resolving. Okay, that's our, that's our so, new goal. So go, by pizza. the end, so we're going 2018 into 2019, we are going to a podcast from Dushanbe.
0: Oh, hell yes. I could not be We are going from... to do a live show. Yes. Cool. All all right. It's all happening. So... You guys enjoy yourselves. uh, Healthy New Year. I mean, get drunk on New Year, but then healthy after that. Then uh, then detox. Then do sober January. (laughs) Brian, um, have fun with um, no FAP January. I'm sorry, not that. Uh, You're going to
1: China. Different, different. China China and the Philippines. Very excited to see what's going on in the Far East. Yeah, check it out. And thanks for listening, everybody. Look, see you all in 2018. All right, see you. Peace.